heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I think it's a case of American exceptionalism or American arrogance. Dependent on your perspective to believe that you can actually withdraw, beaten from the field of battle, and still maintain a large political platform in the country you're actually retreating from. That was a pretty strong testimony, I have to tell you, my fellow Americans, from General Frank McKenzie. Uh, General McKenzie was the head of the United States Central Command at the time of this withdrawal. And he had a, a very striking interview and a conversation with uh, the reporter, Jennifer Griffin. I thought she really did a great job on this uh, interview. She's, she's a professional. You, you, you know, it's a different caliber of people with somebody like uh, a Jennifer Griffin. And she just does a really solid job. Not many of those cats around, frankly, here. Welcome into the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. We've got a few big, big stories in our uh, ge- geopolitical affairs and uh, foreign policy we'll cover today with you uh, on this uh, really historic day that we're talking to you here, uh, as it is uh, September 11th. And um, but uh, and it's fitting to be talking about potentially this Afghanistan deal. But again, back to the general, not to get lost in all the kumbaya these comments and what he says are, are are very fast. He said a lot more than that as well, which I want to dive into and understand what he's talking about. You know, <clears throat> the further we get away from these sort of uh, affairs like this uh, withdrawal, uh, it, you know, the more people forget what really took place. And then uh, we lose sight. We don't we history has a tendency to repeat itself. Now, God, I, I can't even think about what that would look like. And I, I let's hope that that never happens again in our history, that we have a, a president of any sort who would make these kinds of decisions. That's what's so weird about this, friends. It was beyond unprecedented. It was the insane asylum. I mean, none of it made any sense. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. I mean, you're, you've seen all the visuals. And uh, I mean, aren't they emblazoned in your mind like they are mine? I mean, it was embarrassing, humiliating. I, I mean, I wanted to crawl under the desk. I mean, it was like, this can't be our country doing this, man. What is going on? I mean, we, we lost all credibility, I would suggest to you, in the world at that moment. And it's probably one of the reasons you're seeing a lot of these different um adversaries these foes are reaching out some people say it's the reason that uh, ukraine and russia i mean you know i don't know i mean it's, it's up to it uh, it's up to for opinion obviously but you know if you're a putin and you're sitting back and you see this sort of thing happen well you kind of sort of know the way the current administration is going to play things you know what i mean you know it's not a piece through strength kind of thing it's a stick your head in the sand and uh, get your ass whipped is what it is. There's a difference between those two scenarios, clearly, friends. I I, I don't prefer the uh, the latter on that particular case. 
I think peace through strength was always the plan forward, always the strategy that uh, that Reagan highlighted for a reason. And uh, that that's American exceptionalism right there. So Mackenzie's uh, comments about American arrogance <clears throat> was very interesting. And I got thinking about being on the battlefield. And, you know, all of the generals and all of the military and all of the folks were telling Biden not to do this thing, not to not to withdraw in the way they did. And yet they made a decision. Now, that was arrogant in itself, for sure. I don't know about American arrogance, but it was presidential arrogance. That's for damn sure. It was that, you know, and and that's uh, what we we got. And we know all those people. But then I thought, why didn't somebody stop them? Well, how do you hell do you stop the commander in chief? Right. How do you do that? They say, sir, are you out of your collective mind? what, What the hell is going on here? Well, he probably was out of his mind. But again, who's making the decisions, really, I guess, you know, with part of that story, you know, I, I don't want to get so tongue in cheek today that it gets ridiculous. I, I hate it when everybody repeats the same garbage. Let's try to take this on from a different perspective today, friends. And um, throughout the broadcast today, we'll have two extraordinary voices I'm privileged to have with me here. And uh, we're, we're going to start. I'm going to start first with General Paul Vallelay on this uh, this whole withdrawal here. And let me just tell you about General Vallelay first. He served a very distinguished career of 31 years in the United States Army before he retired as Deputy Commandant General of the U.S. Army Pacific. Uh, I mean, just an incredible uh, voice and talent and, and uh, experience. You know what I mean? Experience. Uh, over 15 years of experience in special operations psychological operations and civil military operations. And the thing about General Paul is he he never has stopped fighting for the country. Uh, he does that now with standupamerica.org, safeguard the American dream. He's he's just he's on the front lines all the time, man, fighting. General Paul Vallelay, welcome to the broadcast, sir. It's a privilege to have you. Well, thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate the kind invitation on football day. Uh as we have this weekend. So, uh, but I'm happy to take the time to be with you. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. So let's, let's uh, dive into, uh, so I'm thinking about McKenzie and making these comments now, but, but let me go here first, please. I want to understand something when you're on the battlefield like this. Okay. And you have to go against what your gut tells you. And we know this happens a, a, a fair amount and you have to respect the orders that are given down, but it's not just you. General Paul, it's everybody across the, I mean, you can see other military officers, you're talking to other people who said, is he really saying this? Is this what we're doing? And people say, well, yeah, that's it. Those are the freaking orders. How do you deal with that as, as a military officer on the battlefield? How do you, how do you deal with that, please? Well, if you go back uh, to your training, uh, I was trained by the World War II generals uh, when I went into West Point in 1957 and those that fought in Korea But we learned uh, strategy, tactics from the greatest captains uh, of warfare, going all the way back to Julius Caesar and Rome. Uh, But uh, when you study those things uh, and you look at uh, Central Command, General McKenzie, uh, Central Command uh, was in charge and is in charge of their operational area, which is the Middle East. And General Franks, uh, who commanded that uh, when we went into Afghanistan, uh, October, November of uh, 2001, where we basically destroyed the Taliban in 30 days with CIA Special Operations Forces and B-52s. 
And so I recall all of those days because I was with Fox News then. I was able to report uh, day by day, hour by hour, what was going on from our feed in Afghanistan. But I look today and I looked at, uh, I can remember uh, General McKenzie when he was uh, interviewed uh, uh, during that surrender uh, in Afghanistan and right after. And you could tell at that time, uh, he was very embarrassed. You could see it in his face, his facial profile. He did not like what's going on. But uh, in retrospect, uh, this was the absolute embarrassment. All the generals, and we have so many inept generals and admirals today, uh, Malcolm, uh, General Patton would turn over in his grave. But uh, you don't surrender like that. Uh, you learn things in a battlefield withdrawal, a retrograde movement where you trade space for time. Uh, and there's a way to do a withdrawal. And uh, they knew at that time I had, uh, that Biden was incompetent. Uh, he had no military background. He had no clue what was going on. Uh, basically an imbecile, in, in my opinion. And uh, the four stars, General Milley, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, the, uh, well, the Marine Generals uh, at the chair, or at the Joint Chiefs, I should say, office up there. They said I marched over to the White House and say, Joe, you can't do this. We have an orderly way of withdrawing from a battlefield. We don't have to surrender $80 billion worth of equipment, life's cost. There's a way to do this methodically with a well-planned out to withdrawal. But they didn't do that. The White House decided to do a surrender in force, and that's what happened. Totally embarrassment. And now the recent uh, um, interview, General McKenzie, uh, you could see he was still embarrassed, and uh, he, uh, yeah. he he showed that again. Uh, but um, you know, he had he he could have done a lot more to stand up. Well, that's what I want to ask you right there. That with what you say, I mean, you've laid it out pretty well. I see the way they're thinking. They know it's wrong. What could more they have done? What could they have done? They could have stood up and said, no, we're not going to do this. And uh, President Biden, if you continue to march down this road, we are going to resign in mass. Wow. We're not going to put our forces in jeopardy. We're going to do this the right way. These now, stop there. Was it, wouldn't that have been a moment? Would not that have been a, a moment in our country? I mean, come on now. What you just say there could, I mean, could that have really happened? I mean, that's. Sure and, and let me, well, it, well, all right. You say that. Now, I'm trying to remember a history. I mean, we've never had that happen before. That would be historical, wouldn't it have been? Well, we did have it happen during Vietnam when General. Um, uh, Johnson and uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the Joint Chiefs marched over to the office uh, uh, and met with Johnson. McNamara was there at the time, and the generals uh, stood up at that time, but they got talked down by uh, McNamara, who wanted to stay in that war, totally in that person, and uh, Johnson uh, backed uh, McNamara rather than the generals. But they still should have stood their ground. Uh, but eventually they caved in in that particular case. They had no choice, right? I mean, basically, or it would be. No, they had a choice. Oh, they had a choice. They had a choice. They always you always have choices in the military. But you got to stand up. You got to have cojones. Mm -hmm. And the generals that I knew in World War Two, they had cojones all the way to uh, General MacArthur in Korea. Um, he stood up. Of course, he got fired. But uh, well, hold on. But now you have to make sure. Let, let me just understand this. 
You have to make sure, though, you've got the support of the rank around you and another military at that level, because if you don't, you are surely putting your ass on the line because you'll you'll be taken out. No, from I'm talking from the commander in chief and from the top, uh, the top. Yeah, but, well, when things are wrong, they're not right, and it involves lives of many people and yeah. twenty plus years of sacrifice in Afghanistan. You got to stand your ground. You got to have cojones. Okay. That's what real generals and warriors do. The consequences you have to live with. But if you think you're right, you've got to stand your ground. Well, obviously, McKenzie and the rest of them are living with this now. And you're right when sure. you said you could see the embarrassment on his face. And you're sure. exactly right. I haven't watched it as well. I, I sense that from him in a big way. It's like they didn't know how. It's like he was, I don't know. It was weird. It's like he didn't quite know. He knew it was all wrong, but yet mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they listened to, well, what we call, I don't know, it's the commander in chief, isn't it? That's what it's supposed to be, uh, General. It's about time we learn, Malcolm, not to go along with these incompetent politicians, Amen. these neocons that have gotten us into wars since World War II. Wow. World War II is a success. We haven't won a war since World War II. Wow. Korea was a standoff. Right. Uh, Vietnam was an embarrassment. Unnecessary wars like Vietnam, like Iraq. Yeah. Uh, so there's ways to do things right. But I can tell you, uh, these these generals uh, are more interested in their uh, holding their rank and getting a defense job industry afterwards than standing up. But I can tell you, there's there's many generals I know of my day and age uh, that would have stood up to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, generals and all on the battlefield and the military officers at the very top are reporting to who? Secretary of Defense? Who are they reporting? Who's the top they're reporting to? Well, the secretaries are the political politicians that have been put in charge of our uh, right. different uh, organizations, as you know, uh, particularly right. uh, the Pentagon. The right. chairman or the joint chiefs are not an operational command. They're basically an advisory group uh, to the president. Uh, and then you have these unified four-star commands uh, throughout the world, uh, Europe, for example, Middle East, Southern Command, which is based out of Florida. Uh, and they're responsible for operational areas. Yeah. And yeah. if the planning was done right and uh, enforced, they uh, laid it on to the national security team at the White House. Which yeah. Totally incompetent as well. Well, they should have been the ones to stop Biden right then, shouldn't they have, General? Absolutely. They were doing their job. They know Biden's been wrong, like Obama said. This guy hasn't been right about anything in foreign affairs. So he had a history, you know, there, even with the Democrats. That may be the single only statement that Obama ever made that we agree with. I, I just have to put that out there. Right. I can't think of another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's... He's after everything that he's ever touched yeah. in 50 years. Yeah. So when you have incompetency, you know, uh, you, you've got to, you, and if you're in charge of men who are in battle getting shot or getting blown up, you really have to stay in your ground because Afghanistan has been an embarrassment. Okay. You know, I, I remember making a recommendation in January with Tony Snow on Fox and saying, you can see mission creep in Afghanistan. Uh, we should have put General Dostrom in charge right away, he moved all of our forces out after we took down the Taliban and said, we're here to support you. But you get mission creep always occurring. We saw that in the Middle East. Uh, and it never works because they're not decisive generals. They don't know how to win anymore.
they're not the captains of uh, what we call being warriors uh, like we had in the past. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it so, is. It is. You know, I got to tell you two two th- two thoughts here. One, number one, you have an impeccable memory to go back in time in your mind like that. I have to put that out there because. Hell, I could barely remember what happened last <laughs> month, last year. But my golly, you can just pull back and pull those names out. That's impressive, General, I have to say that. Oh, um, thank you. The, the other thing I have to ask you and put out there right now is that uh, in, before I bring my other guest on, I just need to ask you this point here about um, uh, uh, Bagram Airfield base there, right, right. In the right in the heat of it. Now, I, I, let me just say what I think I understand or what I know, and then have you opine on this. But having surrendered that airfield, uh, I, I, I'm guessing now, but you tell me what right or wrong, but I'm going to tell you what I think, I think was probably one of the most strategic uh, d- dysfunctions and calamities that we've done to date. In other words, not only should we have kept it throughout the whole process, but we should have still made, I'm guessing I, if I was doing this, I would have kept it even today. Uh, seeing that it's right in the back door of all of that that's going on in that part of the world with China right there and all of that. I think it was an incredible mistake to let that airfield go. We should have kept that. Am I right or am I wrong, sir? No, you're absolutely right. And when it was convenient, uh, when it was right in history, you can always then withdraw from bases as we've done before. But I remember uh, when I was interviewed and I said on uh, I, I said during the interview, I said, watch three weeks after Bagram is uh, turned over and we turned over Afghanistan. The Chinese are going to move into Bagram. And by God, they did three weeks later. They took all the uh, cyber equipment, communications equipment, uh, all the technology we had there with all of that equipment at Bagram. But Bagram was previously a Russian base when Russia was there. We took it over very early on. And that's where uh, uh, General Dostrom, uh, working out of Missouri, Sharif, and uh, the other generals of of the Afghan uh, resistance forces there. So, I mean, there's a lot of history there. But, you know, I don't know whether these generals and admirals are studying history anymore. I mean, they need a they need an advanced course on how you win wars. If you well, we know they're not doing it in the system here. I mean, they're burning history up, and nobody's paying attention to it. You're exactly right, and we've got to learn from it. Uh, is is uh, is incredibly correct. All right, there, there's a lot more to talk about, especially these comments about American arrogance. Well, I definitely want to get your input on that in moments here. Let me also bring on here with us, just uh, pleased to join into the conversation here, Ilana Friedman uh, joins us as well. Now, Ilana brings a different perspective to the story here. This is why I've got both of them on, because she's an intelligence analyst uh, that's uh, by trade. She's an advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions. Uh, She's a terrific author, uh, but she also lived in Israel for about 16 years or so, raised her family there, uh, has a good sense of that part of the world. And uh, and really the you know terrorism, which is at the heart of a lot of the things we we talk about here. Um, I- Ilana, looking at this, uh, first of all, this striking interview with uh, General Frank McKenzie, and then back to we still haven't even talked about the thirteen uh, service members, our troops that were killed in this horrific attack. That is so disturbing to me on so many levels that uh, we'll talk back to the general on that as well. But that that's just should have never happened. And I, I can feel the pain in those families and all of that. I want to ask you about the intelligence. Uh, obviously, intelligence was given forth here. I led 
read pretty deep into these studies and the after effect of Afghanistan. And the intelligence was there to, to say that this was going to be a problem. I mean, they sort of knew all of this was going to happen. There's even a lot of conflict on the suicide bomber that killed those folks that day, our troops and all, that there was intelligence that people are debating even in that, that McKenzie talks about. What I mean, intelligence is only as good, Alana, as you pay attention to it. If you don't pay attention to it, it doesn't mean crap. On um, Yeah, I'd love to have your perspective on the intelligence that day, what you gathered they sort of knew, and how they just blew it in the wind and throw, threw it away in the political winds of bullshit and did what they did that day. What is your take on this from an intelligence analyst? Well, Malcolm, as you suggested, my take is very different because – um, you know, at first, after watching this happen and then watching the debacle at Bagram and then what happened at the airport, it, I was so angry. I was just enraged. But I was also confused because there didn't seem to be any logical reason to justify Biden's determination to get out of Afghanistan by the end of August. But he made it very clear that's what he wanted to do. At the same time, however, I began receiving intelligence that suggested that Biden was acting on a different set of incentives um, because we what we were learning was that China was interested in Bagram, uh, which they, as, as General Valley has already told us, they immediately took over when we deserted it and we deserted, we did. Uh, leaving everything behind. But they were also interested in the great resources of precious rare earth in right. Afghanistan's mountains. And um, the scuttlebutt among in my intel sources was that China had promised Biden millions of dollars to have the forces leave Afghanistan by August 31st. Hmm. Now, we're learning a lot more about the the corruption of Joe Biden and the enrichment of his family through this his position so all this makes sense but i was hearing this as the the um rapid desertion of afghanistan by american troops and and personnel um at the under the orders of the president of the united states who is the commander-in-chief and i i i it's very difficult for me to doubt that he was motivated by um influences that had nothing to do with strategy or tactics or or our position in the middle east or in the world it had everything to do with uh, enriching the biden inc uh, operation mm. wow elana that that is a, a a huge point to bring up here and the way that you just did it uh, i really uh, respect and appreciate it and connecting the dots and it really does make you think uh, as to why they would do the kinds of things they did, because it was so nonsensical, as you say, that there has to be something so outrageous on the other side of this thing that would that would uh, uh, force somebody like that to make those kinds of decisions. And I want to ask this question to um, uh, stay right there, Alana, to General um, Paul Vallelay as well, and that's this. You just heard what Ilana puts out there, General, and you know, I just, I want to, I, you know, I try to not to get overly smug with what everybody's talking about on this because it's a tough topic, but um, I can't for the life of me 
Um, I just can't come up with any reason as to why. A, I mean, this is the, a United States president uh, would leave millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars of high tech equipment, some of the latest uh, apparatus that we would leave on the battlefield uh, right near our biggest foe on the planet. I just, I cannot rationalize that statement. That is tyranny. If there ever was a traitor in my mind, I don't give a rat's ass who it is, whether it's a Republican, a Democrat, an independent or a communist, whoever did that, should be addressed and held and hung responsibly in the public square. I, I just help me out with that point here. Do you see another reason? Is there some reason? What am I missing, uh, sir? Well, you got the uh, Biden crime family, and they always do things for ulterior motives. Everything they do is behind the scenes. Okay, just like we see what's happening in Ukraine uh, and the. Uh, the relationship and what we've been doing now with uh, with China, uh, China coming in, uh, buying up a lot of our companies, the stock on the Wall Street, uh, they're in the defense industry. Uh, but that's still no excuse for surrendering and putting all of those people in jeopardy, which they did the 13 that died, plus all the Afghans. There's no excuse for this when you have a military operation going on. We had uh, Hillary Clinton and the State Department in charge of Benghazi operation rather than military. And the State Department wouldn't authorize going in re and uh, uh, basically uh, freeing uh, the, the people we had in Benghazi. We lost four good Americans there. Yeah. So it all traces back to incompetence. Where was the CIA, our intelligence agency? It's right. supposed to brief uh, the, the president on what's going on. Well, in yeah, Work yeah. with the military. Where well, let they? me ask you this. If I had said to you, if I laid out this scenario uh, a couple of years back before this incident ever happened, if I told you this was going to happen, one, two, three, four, you would have probably said to me something about checking into a mental institution of some sort, I would imagine, General. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even conceivable. It's so far exactly. out of rational exactly. thinking, and that's what you need in the military. And so how does this guy still in office? Uh, just answer me this. If this is as bad as I think it is, and I know that it is, and, and, and you know, how does he still, how did he get through? I mean, how did, I yeah, don't, well, even, how did well, he say that? What? First of all, he's a puppet. Obama runs the White House. He runs everything. Obama is one of the most disastrous presidents we ever had. And that's why uh, he stayed around and bought that place, uh, uh, Colorado, in uh, near about a mile from the White House. He's been running the whole show. Yeah. Biden is uh, such a low IQ. He's mentally deficient now. He's sick. There's no doubt about that. But then you don't have the Republicans standing up either. No. The Republicans yeah. are weak and they let the Democrats roll over and the Democrats run everything, as I call the Democratic Communist Party. Yeah, well, it's a uniparty for sure. They're all joined at the hip. You're exactly right. Uh, a lot of them are. They're, they're very yeah, few. We have to restore America and it's coming to pass here in the next 12 months. We've got to do something to take our country back where we're gone as, as we know America. Amen this is to very serious what's going on. And it's yeah. just re a replication that we're gonna see in the future from a Biden uh, who is uh, our president and supposedly commander in chief. Yeah. He, he couldn't command a platoon. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you're listening there, friends, to General Paul Valerie and Ilana uh, Friedman is with me both here on The Voice of a Nation. Uh, what a what a compelling uh, conversation here on this. And, th- you know, with all everything we just said, <laughs> you know, the crux of this or the drum roll on this, I will say to you, is that in a lot of the reports I've read afterward and even this uh, interest in peace in Time magazine uh, in uh, a little earlier this year, all reports are that dived into this Afghanistan when the reports started coming out was blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. So the Biden administration um, blamed Trump for this entire uh, deal of the decisions that were made because there was some uh, uh, pre-thought of a date that Trump had thrown out there early on to say we'd probably do this. Of course, he didn't make the decisions and pull the levers. And, you know, the funny here, here's the funny catch to this which I know the general and Alana will laugh about as well as you probably will. With all of that said, they've been blaming Trump, blaming Trump, blaming Trump. And because they had to follow what he did, of course, because he had he threw some arbitrary date out of there to say, OK, we'll, you know, pull out of there, whatever. You know how that goes, you know. Um, and but, you know, you know, what's ironic is th- there's not another damn thing throughout the administration that the Biden administration did that Trump had had in play or suggested. They blew up the plans for everything, the Trump administration, everything on energy, on immigration, everything, anything that Trump had put out there, this new administration set on fire and blew it up just for the spite of it on Sunday. He said, well, you know what? We ain't going to do that. Even if it was for the better interest of the country, they went like this with their Fingers under there. You just see me, you know, fingers under my chin. You know what that means? Right there, kids. Right there. That's what they were doing. Danny. But, you know, on this particular case, no, no, not at all. This is Trump's fault because we have to follow him, Your Honor. I mean, what kind of bullshit is this? Who would believe this garbage? In any event, I digress. All right. Uh, on that point, dear friends, uh, let, let me do this here. We're going to uh, take a, a pause here. Just a moment here. But here's what we're going to do after here. I want to change it up a little bit and uh, talk to the general and uh, Ilana uh, be with me here. And I want to talk about uh, uh, this latest business of North Korea and the position with Russia, with Putin, which is uh, fascinating with Kim Jong-un. And I I have some couple of interesting thoughts there to that. And I I do want to talk about. And then also this uh, other story we we got to at least get in here. Um, China's military is uh, targeting uh, our troops, uh, our veterans, uh, et cetera, et cetera, for exploitation. But China's been doing this right along, actually. And they're very devious. They've been doing it in our schools, our education system right along. They're doing high technology right along. We ought to, you know, th- this is another game of BS. Why we allow this to continue to happen. I mean, o- only unless you're compromised at the highest level of our government would somebody allow this stuff to go on because it should be stopped and track in both political parties, that is, my friends. All right. Well, listen, AmericaOutloud.news is is the place to be. And uh, is we and, you know, let me just stop a moment as you're listening to the broadcast here. And um, it is important we, we say that uh, September 11th is a day to uh, of remembrance of our nation. Uh, it's a remembrance that we need to get it right moving forward. We don't need to cry in our soup 
and, and understand what has happened has happened now. History will judge all of that as it does, as it does all the stories we're talking about today. But it is time to move forward uh, in as, as a proud nation and be able to pull the best together to be able to fight the. And we got to look at history to understand what's taken place here. But uh, all those lives that were lost and it, it was incompetency at 9-11 could have been avoided. A lot of things could have been avoided. And uh, but, you know, history is what it is, isn't it now? Um, but it is time we, we learn from all of this. We salute to all of the people in 9-11 and the families who've lost their lives uh, in a most terrific uh, a chapter of America. Not pretty, friends. Not pretty at all. Uh, well, and now we need to see that we can prevent future things. And right now, with open borders and no sovereignty in our nation, God only knows what events were going to have happen that may look may make 9-11 be a nothing burger. And I mean that wholeheartedly with some of the things that uh, are being set up in our nation right now. It scares the hell out of me, frankly, to be quite frank with you. So we, we uh, just have to say what the honest truth is and that's it and begin to fix this thing uh so america out loud news help us share the truth please get back to the platform share it that's a change we made about a month and a half ago you'll still get there with the dot com but it is america out loud news we're very proud of our experts our family the america out loud family of our writers and columnists and hosts and all of that to amazing amazing best in class military uh general paul Valerie, he was here as alana a big part of our family uh, General Paul uh, helps co-host the National Security Hour, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, weekdays. They do a terrific job. Wonderful group of amazing people, intel and um, military there on that uh, broadcast. And um, uh, so a lot going on. That's after, by the way, the Tom Renz show at 6 p.m. Eastern time during the weekdays. So we've got an incredible lineup. Oh, and I can't forget 8 p.m. This show, The Voice of a Nation. I mean, come on. Uh, Malcolm at eight, right? Also, don't forget to visit AmericaOutloud.shop to get all the discounts on the products we talk about. That is very, especially coming into the flu season now, influenza, RSV, all these wacky variants and all the crazy, uh, and you can stick the mask and the vaccine up your backside. I ain't taking either. I ain't putting it on. Uh, so you can stick, skip, skip that. I can say a few other adjectives, but I got to stay a gentleman here or at least pretend to be one, you know what I mean? But but at the same time, you got to fight all this stuff back. Use the Cofix, the throat spray and the nasal hygiene to kick the pathogen's ass and get it out of your system before it gets any respiratory tract. Take healthy cell, take the my, the nutrition. You get 25% off those products. I mean, what more could you want at AmericaOutloud.shop? There are other things, global healing. Take a look at all the products they have. They're incredible products that will set you on a, a path of health and, and prosperity. I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely positive of it. There's some tremendous products in there to, to take as well as the wellness company spike support to fight back the vaccine injury and the long COVID for all those poor people who are suffering through from this uh, Chinese bioweapon that these bastards put onto the world. We'll pause just a moment as you're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at liberty at AmericaOutloud.com.
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to the broadcast. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, uh, the voice of a nation. Now, Malcolm at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time is the program. Set that in your schedule, please. Go to your calendar now, 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Put it right in there. Go ahead, do it right now. And type in that so Malcolm at 8, the voice of a nation, must listen to talk radio to get the out loud truth. To, and after you do that, visit uh, americaoutloud.news and circulate that truth all over the world, friends, to wake people up. That's what needs to happen. Okay. We're talking uh, uh, geopolitical, foreign policy, uh, a lot of different things today, uh, 9-11, but more so this Afghanistan withdrawal we talked about. I want to shift now and talk about North Korea and Russia just a moment here. And uh, Ilana Friedman, let's bring it. We got Ilana Friedman here, Intel, and we got General Paul Vallele, uh j- just two uh, stellar professionals in their, in their uh, expertise. And then you've got me, you know, what, what can I tell you? I'm an orchestra conductor, basically. Uh, so I know enough about a little this, that, and the other thing to make the music happen, at least. That's about it. All right, Ilana, um, this North Korean Russia, you have, uh, in fact, a, a, a very good op-ed up on news. I encourage you all to go read. It's on the front page. On the left sidebar, you can get it or go to Ilana Friedman under our team and get that. It's the new axis of evil an existential threat to America and the world. Uh, but Alon, I want to talk first about, to get you to opine on North Korea and Russia. North Korea's constantly firing off the test rockets and trying to provoke whatever they can provoke. And uh, just, I don't know, I got a whole lot of thoughts about Kim Jong-un. 
But and now his recent um, uh, attempts at getting with Vladimir Putin, everyone's trying to pick up all these crazy uh, people, these dictators and these uh, communist bastards all over the world are trying to pick up Putin off the floor here uh, and, uh, you know, dust him off and get him ready for whatever. Uh, what do you think about this relationship with North Korea and uh, Russia? And uh, what, what's the what's the uh, outcome of this thing, please? Well, first of all, I think it's very it's a very dangerous uh, uh, relationship, and it goes hand in hand with Russia's um, uh, alliance with uh, China and their joint alliance with Iran. So you have four major, very, very dangerous allies, uh, more or less. What what happened with uh, North Korea and Russia is that Russia sent a uh, diplomat over to to North Korea to discuss how they might work together. They want they want two things. Russia wants arms from North Korea and North Korea wants um, assistance with its technology in weapons. So they have mutual interests. And now something very interesting is going on. First of all, North Korea fired four missiles uh, from North Korean territory uh, the last two were fired from train cars in the Pyongyang airport. Uh, and and the things that the thing that is dangerous about this that we're paying attention to it is because this is really the the first time in in quite a while when they have um, loaded up four different missile tests one after the other. Well, safe to say that, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un, uh, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, uh, these are very strong bedfellows at this point here, obviously. And they're making inroads all over the world, actually, throughout Africa as well and other places. But what we're, look, what we're living at right now is a restructuring of the new world order. That's what's happening. Would you agree with that statement, Alana? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. This is exactly and and the interesting thing about China, which who wants to Xi Jinping has this glorified dream of of being a, a new Napoleon and and, and uh, uh, being ruler of the world, according to ancient Chinese, uh, um, you know, philosophy. But what's happening is that China is imploding economically. And so we're you know, this is something we had a conversation in early July the three of us, and um, we talked about that. And I mentioned that China was was going to be imploding economically. And sure enough, here we are, and the, the, the economic walls in China are falling down. They've had tremendous flooding. They've had all kinds of disasters, and their economy is in pieces. And at the same time, China is trying to build up its military, expanding everywhere it can, buying up land in the United States, doing everything possible right. to so that Xi Jinping can can fulfill his mission. All right. Let, let me stay with uh, North Korea and Russia a moment. We'll come back to some of that after here. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, General, uh, in regards to North Korea and Russia, Kim Jong-un, now this was the guy that uh, Trump called Rocket Man, you know, Elton John, Rocket Man, <laughs> he called him that, the world looked, but, you know, Trump uh, certainly knew uh, some of these cats and knew how to deal with them in such a way. Kim Jong-un is a very interesting fellow. I, I'd like your opinion on, I, listen, I, I want to say this to you. I know people think it's a real big threat with them and Russia and, you know, whatever it is, it is. Um, I think with Kim Jong-un, 
nobody's bothering him. Nobody ever bothers him. Nobody gives a rat's ass about him. Nobody really. I think this is the problem. Actually, he's like the little toad that could. He wants attention. Like, look over here. Look over. And every time he fires these test missiles, I think to myself, General, like the man just needs a little attention. Now, Trump gave him the attention and he backed off of the missile crap for a while and the threats and all of it. But when you ignore this little turd, he wants attention. I, I don't see him as the threat that other people see. I could be totally wrong, and I want you to tell me either way. But I don't see him as the threat a lot of people see him. I think he's a little toad and a turd, and I just think he needs attention. Talk to me, please. Well, you can. Uh, Trump uh, was very successful. Uh, but you got to understand America uh, U.S. Foundation, uh, American standupamericaus.org. We have... Uh, our own intelligence group called the Legacy National Security Group. And so the information we receive is based, based on threats, uh, external and internal. Okay. But if you look at uh, Korea, uh, North Korea, they really are a test bed uh, for, uh, for China and for Iran. Every time they have a nuclear um, type of test uh, in uh, North Korea, there's always individuals there from uh, uh, from Iran and other countries, but uh, they're a formidable force. Uh, they've got a, a very strong uh, military, that's for sure. But South Korea is one of the top militaries in the world as, as well. But what's going on there now with the testing of these new uh, missiles that they have and a new submarine armed with nuclear missiles, just like we have. Now, North Korea is also using its nuclear capability or capable missile program to establish strategic dominance over South Korea and U.S. forces in the region, in the region, by pursuing missiles probably aimed at defeating our own missile defenses uh, in the peninsula of South Korea and the region, and also issuing threats to the military and and responding to any perceived attacks against its sovereignty. Now, China is spreading all over the South China Sea, taking over even islands uh, adjacent to the Philippines. So the South Koreans, uh, North Koreans are working hand in hand with China and their, uh, their uh, I would say, uh, uh, power move uh, in all of that area. They want to really replace and have the U.S. move out all of its defense forces, the Marines, our fleets. And so that's all going on now. And it's all based on the threats from China that are launching missiles over Japan. So they're all working hand in hand. Right. And I think you mentioned uh, they have uh, a container now that they're doing. This is called the uh, uh, Club K system that was devised by uh, Russia and provided to the Iranians originally to launch missiles from a container, either on a ship or on, the, on an 18-wheeler. And so that capability now is spread into uh, North Korea where they can launch these missiles uh, from a freighter from a container uh, situation yeah, yeah, and use them on a railroad or by ship. So they're very advanced in their thinking. And also the new space uh, that they want to put uh, satellites up there that can launch nuclear missiles. I've seen that. So all that's going on with North Korea and China right now. Yeah, I've seen that with North Korea. Uh, space is going to be uh, probably, General, uh, uh, the next frontier, uh, like you say, with the satellites and the fight and back and forth. I mean... <laughs> We're headed to some ungodly times here ahead, I can sense. And you just know where this world is going right now, especially with the advancement of technology, the advancement of AI, 
Um, they're talking about killer robots, all of this stuff. And China is well advanced in this end. Uh, they're doing a lot of things in, in secrecy. Uh, our, our, I, I'm assuming, General, based on a lot of this, our, our, our government at the highest levels know what they know what China is doing behind the back doors on every level. Is that not correct? Well, they should, but I question our intelligence system. The CIA is supposed to be on top of all of this stuff, not even reporting these new uh, drone, underwater drones that are nuclear capable that uh, North Korea is working on. So I don't trust uh, our uh, intelligence system anymore. I think they're a bunch of amateurs. Uh, we have better uh, insight from some of our independent uh, uh, outside the government agencies that have more and better uh, intelligence than the CIA does or defense intelligence agency. We're not in good shape, Malcolm. That's the point yeah. I'd like. Oh, to for make. sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, I, I like what you when you set up the setup on North Korea. Uh, and I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, North Korea is a threat based on this relationship and the fact that they are. And I do agree they are being used to test some of these things in regards to Iran and Russia and China. It's become quite a well, as Ilana, as you called it, an axis of evil. Uh, and they are setting themselves strategically around the world while we play ping pong here uh, in the country with Democrats and Republicans fighting each other. Um, it's it's absolutely absurd what's taking place here. Uh, I want to get this next story in here into the wire here. China's military targeting American troops uh, and our veterans uh, in exploiting uh, them, which, uh, um, Ch uh, Ilana, we've seen this time and time and time again with China. We never learned a lesson from it. We've given them basically the keys to the car, uh, on, and, and we continue to do this sort of crazy stuff. Uh, but now there's concern. General Charles uh, Brown Jr., Charles Q. Brown Jr., I uh, had a memo to the Air Force uh, telling them that uh, they should safeguard national security information from China. There are a lot of reports on this, actually, that China is uh, very aggressive right now, putting people in uncompromising situations and also buying people off. How big of a problem is this? It's enormous. It's been going on since, um, oh, for at least 25 years. It began as a program uh, to send students over to the United States, and the students were tasked to bring back technology, and I actually saw examples of this in the late 90s. Uh, but it, it, it graduated. It went from just students. They sent over technicians and some sort of joint uh, shared uh, you know, research development, then scientists. Uh, and then uh, they, they, they did everything they could to infiltrate the military or they sent their own military people disguised as scientists or technicians. And then they tried to uh, compromise elected officials. Well, we saw Swalwell, for example. And um, and they, they uh, have turned people into, uh, uh, you know, carriers for the CCP, yeah. for the, the communist, uh, Chinese Communist Party. So we we've seen a lot of it. And and um, getting back just for a minute to what you were just talking about, um, we are now seeing the the collaboration or the potential collaboration of North Korea, China and Russia at this conference in Vladivostok. Putin is there. Uh, uh, Kim is there. Kim Jong Un and um, and uh, Xi Jinping is there. And uh, I can see some sort of clandestine meeting, either by the the heads themselves or by their go betweens. And it looks to me like a very very dangerous situation. Yeah. Well, in in general, on top of all of that, we have a lack of leadership. It, it, this is beyond Biden, as you've already mentioned. Our intelligence. 
our Justice Department, which has been a highlight for me in the past many, many weeks. I've been really talking to listeners about the bureaucratic state in our country is so corrupt and dysfunctional. I mean, we, we're rotten from the inside out. Back to what our founders warned us of. We are actually, it's not really China, Russia, North Korea, uh, or Iran. That's really the problem for America right now. General, I would suggest to you, as I give you the last word here, the problem for America right now is America itself. What do you say to that? Absolutely. And, and by the way, the New Eastern Alliance, uh, BRICS, uh, they'll control two-thirds of the energy in the world uh, by next year. They'll have 40 members. And so they're on a very economic development move to take over uh, energy and also global economics. Uh, but when you said the axis of evil, they all think we're the axis of evil and NATO and Great Britain. So uh, when you look at the African nations now that are moving towards that new BRICS alliance, they've had meetings in St. Petersburg in uh, South Africa, and they're moving very swiftly and very positively into a new world order. And uh, we see the dismantling of uh, ineffectiveness of NATO now, the inability of uh, Western leadership uh, in France with Macron, Biden in the United States. So they're dominating. This new alliance is dominating the international scene. And we have to understand that and connect the dots. Yeah. And in and, and general, as I was tell, telling listeners uh, last day or two here, uh, this is this is uh, we're in such a bad situation, as you've said, it's not good. I, I totally agree with that. This is a deal that's going to require more than this is not about just one election. This is going to take a series of elections, but it really is also going to take the fact of waking Americans up uh, and waking people up to really understand what's going on. And maybe as some sort of a silver lining, things are so screwed up and so wrong, maybe potentially we're starting to wake up independence moderates and left of center Democrats to really realize the corruptness of the 900 pound gorilla that is the United States government. I think we, the people, have lost control of this government, General. You agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. We're, we're in a revolution right now, the beginning of the Civil War. Uh, the Democratic, the leftist, communist Democratic Party are going to ensure there may not be an election in 2024. They're going to create a natural disaster, uh, a new uh, bio attack, a COVID type uh, with uh, masking. That's already happening. The Democrats know that Trump will win if he has the opportunity to run, and they don't like that. They'll do everything they can to change the situation. They're crooked. They're not American. They want to dismantle and are dismantling our justice system, the Constitution. So be aware, the next 12 months are vital to the survival of America. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that is a great message right there for people to hear. Be aware. Uh, these next, he's, he's right. The general is absolutely right. Uh, we're at a we're in an emergency state right now. Uh, that's the way I see it as well. Uh, it's serious business, and a lot of these things when you talk about them and you put them out like Ilana just did in the general, you kind of think to yourself, well, that probably. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, you you can't even think that way anymore because he's right when he says, well, they're already doing these things. They seem far fetched, is what I'm suggesting. Well, based on our standard of living and what we thought we were, they would have been far fetched. But we're beyond far fetched territory now, and we're we're really in a a very delicate situation. Yeah, yeah. Again, here here's my message. Here's my message, my fellow Americans. 
we are now 247 years into this experiment. You know this. This is the American experiment. This was the experiment where we, the people, were calling the shots. This is when we told King George to shut up and sit down. And we'll, we'll take it from here. Thank you very much. And the framers and founders did something brilliant when they created this uh, country. But they also warned us. They warned us very carefully about what the dangers are. We're not listening to those warnings right now. We, we've, we've made a, a mockery of the situation. And so now we find ourselves in this very, very delicate situation. And um, what's going to happen now is we're coming in into this very big chapter of America that's going to determine our future, as the, as the general and Ilana were just talking about. And I'm telling you, our semi-quincentennial is in the year of 2026, coming right up, 250 years. For those that you remember 1976 and the bicentennial, remember the uh, the amazing moments of uh, those uh, patriotic historical parades coming down Main Street, USA. America has fallen far from those days now. Now coming down Main Street, USA, are the gay parades and the trans parades and the perversion of children and the, the obnoxiousness of, uh, of this sort of woke environment that has corrupted and indoctrinated generations. That's what we're dealing with now on top of all that we've shared with you today. So this is a vital moment of time, and it's exactly right. I will tell you right now, we're living, if I haven't told you this, uh, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of times, I haven't told it to you once. But we are surely living in historical moments of time right now. This is it. And America's future is going to be determined in these next many months, in these next year or two ahead. It's going to be determined. It'll determine whether we're going to be here for our future, our future generations, whether they get another shot at this thing, or whether we did what every other great empire has done on this planet and self-destruct. This would be the greatest screw-up there ever was. We'll go from Tom Brokaw's greatest generation to the most screwed-up generation there ever was known to mankind. And that's where we find ourselves right now. So I've given you some, some thought for the day, some fodder to, to consider. Um, you know, how, how can you help? Well, there's a lot of things you can do. you got to wake people up. Get back to AmericaOutloud.news. Share the out loud truth. Help us make this movement, this, this movement of of patriotism to swell and with American pride. We've got a lot of work to do. It's not going to be easy, I'm telling you right now. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a road ahead these next couple of few years. It's going to be tough, people. Better suck it up, as well as the economic woes that are headed that I'm seeing in the last many hours here and days that are headed our way to a city and town near all of us. God help us all. Pray to God Almighty for better days ahead. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.